AM850KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. This is Gary Duncan. You're listening to the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. And this afternoon, after a brief hiatus, very brief, we are enthused to welcome back Dr. Luke with another Luke's exclusive. Why, why, partner, you sound downright excited to be talking with me again. I mean, after our last few encounters, I I thought you might not even want to see me again. Although, once more, I am sincerely sorry that my, my repeated efforts to restore the natural beauty to your bald and scalp um, have so far all backfired. Uh, but you must admit, you now have the hairiest belly I've ever seen on a man. <laughs> Excuse me, do you mean you've seen a hairier belly on a woman? No, no, I, I was just speaking figuratively. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, look, Dr. Luke, while it's true your efforts to cure my baldness have only left me with less hair on my head and more hair every place else, especially the belly, remember, it's still kind of itches. I, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against you, though. I'm not going to hold any grudges. I realize that your efforts were only well intended intentioned and it was to fulfill the physician's pledge to help any way you can and i think i've come up with a system where we can communicate without me worrying what's the next cure you might try to inflict on me yeah i i, I was going to say what what's that on your head is, is that a football helmet that it is pastor lakomsky loaned it to me he's a big kansas city chiefs fan and this is the exact replica of the one worn by their quarterback patrick mahomes I figured it was appropriate with football season starting, and as long as I'm wearing this helmet, you can't splatter me with plaster or lather me with different ointments and stuff, and and the mouth guard is a, a constant reminder I certainly shouldn't consume any of the food that you offer me or the treats that you offer me, like candy. No, I think with this helmet and this head guard, uh, I'll be immune from any of your medical trickery. Well... Now you're just making me feel bad. Well, no offense intended, Dr. Luke, but now with my head secure, I can feel free to continue discussing with you your exclusive Bible stories. Well, as long as you're comfortable, I, I wanted to share a story with you that is familiar to many and is unique to my gospel. Well, what is that, Dr. Luke? Well, it's the story known as the Good Samaritan. That is a well-known story. It was one of my favorite in Sunday school. Well, you know, most people are familiar with the story, but, but I wonder how many are acquainted with the circumstances that prompted Jesus to tell that story. Why don't you start reading from my gospel, chapter 10, verse 25. Okay. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him in a test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, if you think about it, that's kind of a foolish question. Well, what do you mean by foolish? I think it's a question everyone needs to answer. How do we get eternal life? Well, you're right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting eternal life. The foolishness is thinking there is something we can do to inherit eternal life. So, in other words, you're affirming what the Bible teaches elsewhere, that we are saved by faith. Of course I affirm that. Taught us as well. We're saved by faith, not by works. It's not what we do. But my point is, that's not only true for heavenly salvation, but it's also true in the world as well. What do you mean, Dr. Luke? Well, ask yourself this question. What is exactly you could do to be king of England? What could I do to be king of England? Why, I 
really couldn't do anything at all because the king of England, the only way to get to be king of England is to be part of the royal family. See, see, that's right. You, you inherit that position, don't you? Well, the lawyer was correct. Eternal life is something you inherit. It is the result of having a family relationship. It's the consequence of being related to the king of kings and lord of lords. Just as it is in the world, so it is in the spiritual realm. It's not the result of something you do. It's the result of nothing less than being born again, the Bible says. I think I see your point, Dr. Luke. Birth is something that happens to us, not something we do. It's just like the kids say, I didn't ask to be born, and no one does. It is a result of someone else's choice, and an inheritance is something that we get because of that someone else's choice. That's true, whether the child comes by natural birth or, as in our case, because someone chose to adopt us. Indeed, the one who adopted us spiritually was none other than the Heavenly Father himself. Uh, By the way there, Mr. Duncan, I do like to give credit where credit is due. I got that last bit of wisdom from a good old buddy of mine, Pastor Jimmy Lestico, lives up in Canada now. (laughs) Uh, Of course, as far as I know, he might have got it from someone else. Like all good pastors, you know, he picks up the best bits he hears and shares them with all he can. (laughs) And ultimately, all the best bits come from God. So really, we're all just sharing what we heard. And certainly one of the clear things we heard in the Word of God is, as Jesus says, I chose you, you didn't choose me. Perhaps because of the foolishness then of that question, you know, Jesus doesn't actually answer the man directly, but he actually asks his own question. So so read on there, Mr. Duncan. Jesus said to the lawyer, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Okay. I hate to say it, Dr. Luke, but it does sound like something we could do to inherit eternal life. Keep God's commandments. No doubt. That's the promise the law makes to us. Do this and you'll live. The question is, can we do it? (laughs) Well, apparently the lawyer thought he could, for as you comment in the next verse, but the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I suppose he did think he could do what was necessary to gain eternal life. Otherwise, why even ask the question, what must I do? As we said, the law seems to offer us such hope. Of course, uh, you know, even a man like this lawyer realizes there is a problem in that law. What's the problem, Dr. Luke? Well, the law says we we should love our neighbors as ourselves, right? And let's face it, nobody, not not even this lawyer, loves everybody the way he loves himself. All of life is is the making of distinctions between those we love and those we hate or dislike or whatever. In fact, doesn't the law itself imply that very point? After all, God didn't tell us to love everybody, but only our neighbor. This lawyer figured once it was clarified that the neighbor is those good religious Jewish people like himself, it would become clear that he was doing what was necessary to inherit eternal life. Thus your comment that he asked that question, who is my neighbor in order to justify himself? But in the parable that follows, Jesus will demonstrate that the lawyer's got the concept of neighbor turned all upside down. 
Neighbor is not a term we use to distinguish between those who deserve our love from those who don't. But neighbor is a term for how we should treat all people. Treat them like our neighbors. Just like the law said, loving people as we would love ourselves. Uh, You know, Jesus could have spent the whole day trying to argue this point with a lawyer. But lawyers are experts at arguing. So Jesus instead tells a story. In the end, the lawyer himself would answer what it is to be a neighbor. Right. As the lawyer says at the end of the parable, the one who shows mercy is the one who is neighbor. But but now we've already gone there and just jumped to the conclusion without even hearing the story. Uh, Mr. Duncan, if you think your head will be safe next week, uh, next time we get together, I, uh, we'll share the story of the Good Samaritan and, and learn more about this thing called mercy. Uh, we'll discover how mercy is the way we should treat our neighbors, and mercy is also uh, the way God treats us, and what the relationship is between those two mercies. Well, thank you so much, and uh, Dr. Luke, for the preliminaries. Next week, we'll talk about the story itself, the story of the Good Samaritan. And I'm just sorry you feel the need to wear that football helmet in my presence. (laughs) Oh, I don't mind, Dr. Luke. The truth is, I look rather debonair with it on. Sometimes ladies even mistake me for Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. You must hang out with a lot of myopic women. (laughs) What's that, Dr. Luke? Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing, Mr. Duncan. Whatever makes you happy. Uh, Next week, I'll be back for the parable of the Good Samaritan. I look forward to that. I'll talk to you again next week. We are the messenger of good news. We are KFUO. You can find us at KFUO.org.